What's poppin' people? You are listening to another episode of The Roast of Iowa City. I am your host, Shane Sturtz, and with me today I have University of Iowa journalism professor Jeff Brown. He was a Florida newspaper reporter in the 1980s for multiple publications and previously taught at the University of Kansas and University of Colorado Boulder. The other guest on today's show is my fellow classmate, Shafin Khan. He has far less credentials than Jeff, but still knows what he's talking about. In today's episode, we will discuss the ongoing issue of NFL players protesting social injustice during the national anthem. In the second segment, we will respond to what Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz had to say about using football's platform to advocate for social changes. And last but not least, you won't want to miss the end of the podcast when I rant about stupid pedestrians and bikers on campus. Alright, let's rewind and take a look at who started these national anthem protests. So about a year ago... Good old Colin Kaepernick, former 49ers quarterback, kneeled during the National Anthem in 2016 NFL preseason game. And he was basically protesting the ongoing police brutality and other social and racial injustices. Then the following week, he did it again, and his uh, teammate Eric Reed joined in. Then U.S. women's soccer star Megan Rapinoe joined, and basically other NFL players also joined in. Um, it wasn't like didn't receive the most national coverage like it is today, but it was basically a big deal. Some people kind of took it the wrong way, his freedom of expression. They kind of saw it as unpatriotic or a jab at the military, but that's where it's kind of confusing today because he's not really protesting that. And then fast forward to about a month ago when good old Donald Trump started instigating this issue, got mad at NBA superstar Steph Curry for Steph Curry basically said they're not going to the White House. And then he tweeted at NFL players and said that they should all be fired if they protest the national anthem. And then LeBron James hopped in and this had led this has led to league-wide protests. It's guaranteed to be front-page news come Monday. What do you guys think of all this politics intervening in sports and stuff like that? Well, Shane, uh, one of the great things I thought about teaching a sports reporting class is that I'd never have to say the president's name out loud or even talk about him, but uh, I guess that was too much to hope for. Um, you know, I mean, it's the, the NFL controversy is interesting. Uh, certainly it's a great opportunity for, for athletes to have a forum to make their opinions heard. It, in our society, for better or worse, they are visible uh, celebrities. They, what they say matters. Uh, I think if, you, if we lived in a perfect society, we wouldn't listen to athletes, but people do. Uh, and so they have that platform, and I think they're using it wisely. Um, the president's statement that the owners should fire them is certainly his opinion, um, and it's certainly a legal opinion. Um, if the owners really did want to fire them for statements they make while on the job, that's something that he could do. Um, and I know we'll get to uh, Coach Ferentz in a bit, but uh, you know, uh, Coach Ferentz does not have that same leeway that, uh, that the NFL owners might about the issue. So I certainly think that police brutality is an important issue, that um, the players have a right um, to, uh, you know, or at least have a position to be able to say what they, they want to say about it. Um, yeah, so there you go. What about you, Shafin? Yeah, um, just to begin off, I'm definitely in pro- uh, support of the protests, um, and I think that the president's comments, like Jeff just said, about them being sons of bitches, one, I can't believe he had the audacity to say it on national television. That's completely insane. I forgot about when he said that. If I was an NFL player, as they all were, we saw there was a lot of emotions evoked out of them in the next following days, especially that next Sunday when they had games uh, being played and stuff. Um, I think they would all rather visit Houston or Florida than visit the White House um, during hurricane season. They were so angry, but 
Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I'm in complete support. I think that it's interesting to look at how the NFL teams are um, trying to keep their public image. Like the Raiders, for instance, they had a wall around Marshawn Lynch because they didn't want that for the public eye, but they let him express himself, though, uh, the way he wanted to. And then so it's just interesting to see how some teams do protests, like Villanueva, Pittsburgh. Um, kind of stood on his own by the gates and was a little emotional there. So it's just interesting to see how these teams go about actually uh, doing their protest. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 too bad that, you know, um, that we've placed so much emphasis on reverence for a symbol, like a flag or a song. And, I, you know, I, I mentioned this in class, but, you know, my wife is a direct descendant of Francis Scott Key. And, we you know, that we play this song everywhere and that somehow it has become you know in this militaristic society with a dipshit for a president that we you know that we that we turn every occasion into playing a song and bowing or not bowing necessarily but saluting a piece of cloth um and it's just it's it's kind of frustrating and annoying it'd be great if we if we didn't have to worry about that um but you know we have who we have in the white house and and shit happens. It's actually funnier because so many fans um, are talking down about NFL players, like, don't protest, don't do this. But so many fans we saw last Sunday on Lambeau Field were absolutely booing during the national anthem. Oh, yeah. And it was just yeah. hilariously yeah. I mean, they, Yeah, they want, they want their military display. They want their, their views heard of, like, let's salute this, this piece of cloth. Let's, let's – American uh, ideals. You know, let's turn every time we play this song into some sort of – support for the military or the police or whatever and so it's like you know they get their way um the players simply want to make a quiet statement um and they get shouted down by you know by a bunch of ignorant wisconsonians yeah you keep saying like saluting this cloth and stuff so would you maybe want to see the national anthem only played like during before games of like say playoff games or super bowls or like the more bigger events or play it. that probably wouldn't go over with not having the national anthem before games though. yeah if it's our national anthem it's not the anthem of the national football league which is a, a private enterprise it's not the the national anthem of major league baseball play it at, at government sponsored you know uh, uh, celebrations fourth of july memorial day labor day you know all the military celebrations that we have that's what it's for not you know every time i get together with a with a group of people to play poker in my basement it's like let's wait a second before we start let's play the national anthem it's kind of ridiculous i think definitely uh Shafin, you kind of talked about uh the steelers offensive lineman alejandro villanueva i believe is his name uh i think that kind of like summarizes the whole this whole issue basically he was a he served in Afghanistan for a couple of years, and it was against the Bears, I think, two weekends ago. And he, the Steelers had decided to stay in the locker room, but since he was a proud member of the armed forces, he wanted to honor his fellow troops, and he stood on his own by himself. But then he received so much backlash. But I think this is where the gray area is. It's like he's standing to represent his, uh, re- represent the flag where other people are sitting because they don't agree with the social injustice. So what do you guys think about that? Um, he actually came out later, uh, the next couple of days, and he was like, I really, really regret not standing with my team. I felt selfish, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this case is a little bit trickier just because he actually served, um, so he may have way more mixed emotions, I feel like, and has been on both sides of the argument almost. Um, yeah, what a, what a, what is a difficult, unique view. Yeah, yeah I think it's just like a double-edged done. sword because, like, who's really protesting what? It's so unclear to know exactly what people are thinking. Where maybe the protest is almost too vague, too quiet. 
Yeah, it's, and it's you know it just puts everybody in a difficult position. You're a coach, and you're trying to have everybody on the same page and work together, and it's like, and you've got this distraction at the beginning of the game. So it's just it's unfortunate. Uh, we kind of talked about, or you know, there's different kinds of people are protesting differently. There's you now just the straight up Kaepernick kneel. There's uniting as a team. They're staying in the locker, and then you got Marshawn Lynch and Marcus Peters who are just nonchalantly chilling on the bench while it's going on. Or Lashawn McCoy, he was just stretching. Is there a right way to do this? Is there a respectful way? Is there a powerful way? What do you guys think about that? Uh, okay, I had an issue with like. Marcus Peters and the guys that look like lazy or like they didn't give a shit during um, the national anthem. I thought that was just actually disrespectful. I mean, like, stand off to your own, like, at least, like, look pr- somewhat proper opposed to just be, like, slouching on the bench. Like, you kind of look like a jackass um, there. So definitely, like, either kneel or kind of have, like, some sort of, like, a little bit more profound, respectful mm-hmm. uh, stance to look at. Because that way you can. You're protesting what you stand for, and then also respecting the flag, respecting and the truth. Just look more proper. I mean, yeah. to the visual eye. Yeah, professional. You think these athletes are kind of taking the easy way out when just they have this platform? They're privileged to be pro athlete. Do you think uh, they could raise political awareness and advocate for social justice in other ways? You know what I'm saying there? Um, I mean, like Jeff said earlier, I really love how like players are actually utilizing um the platform, such a large platform that they're on. Um, it's extremely important. We need to see that more out of athletes, actually. Um, and hopefully we will, as sports always is evolving. So, Well, and I think, I think it's dangerous to assume that players don't have active roles in their communities. I mean, sometimes it's obligatory that they open their foundations once they've signed their multimillion-dollar contracts. But almost all of them do have foundations, and almost all of them are doing, especially the, the ones who are making the most money, are doing good work in their communities um, in apolitical sorts of ways. So I, I think they are working. I think that though that those things are overlooked, and if you have a chance to really grab the attention of the public, uh, you do it, and they've, they've taken advantage of that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, J.J. Watt, he raised, I don't even know what it was, $22 million for the Houston efforts. Million? I thought it was like $11 million. Maybe that was way off, but I know it just kept going up every day. But the difference between uh, J.J. Watt and a lot of those other players was that he, I was watching, like following him very closely uh, for like two weeks, and he was actually actively, like, going there, like, organizing stuff, like, doing, like, labor work. Like, he was, like, in the thick of things, like, doing legitimate work, mm-hmm. opposed to just going to his bank account. You could and, tell he cared. And not, that's not, and not to a knock on any place that just went to their bank account, but it was cool to see him actually play a legitimate role. But, but yeah. you guys know about this because you're sports nerds. If, <laughs> if, you know, you went up and you asked just the general person who's yeah. either complaining or supporting a, this, this, the, the, the anthem protest... They would have no idea about that, so that's, that's kind of, true. I think, the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, it's it's really really funny that you say that because I recently was in a conversation with my friend Haley, um, and she voted for Trump, and I found this really peculiar. Because, and your friends? Yeah, no. That, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, I found this, Good I, for you, man. I, I found this very peculiar. You're she's much a, more broad-minded than I am. <laughs> she's a very sound, like common sense-filled, like pretty smart person. <laughs> no, no, sh- no. You just <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, right. Okay. I was pretty shocked when she had a vendetta against Hillary, but moving forward. Point yeah, is, well, what's that got to do yeah. with this? No, uh, point point is, um, she was just saying from her. She's not a sports nerd, like Jeff just said. Um, she she's not really cognizant of the NFL. She's cognizant of the NFL protests because of all the media attention it gets, but she's not aware of the stances like Doug Baldwin, for instance, like wanting a national review of all police training and stuff like that. Um, she's not aware of stuff like that because she's not a sports fan, yeah. and she simply thinks that the NFL players 
um, are seeking attention, like they're more entertainers and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting to see that point of view from a non-sports fan opposed to a sports geek like Jeff said. That's kind of what my question was about. Good. Let's talk about like the media's role in the protests. I mean, every Sunday noon kickoff, there you know five cameras got everybody on the sidelines covered. Uh, the broadcasters are talking about it right away. You know what they do this time instead of talking about who's going to win in the X's O's, they're talking about this. It's basically a goldmine for the media. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's a tough position. I mean, it's I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of an NFL producer and saying to myself, do we cover this or not? And it's like, you know, it's the, that whole balance between what is, what's valuable to your audience, what's news to your audience, and what's going to draw the most eyeballs and make the most money. And I think on every count that the, the correct answer to that is, yeah, show the protest, show the anthem. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't miss it on opportunity. They're kind of f- feeling the fire. All right, let's move into more local angle and Kirk Ferentz. For those of you who don't know, Kirk Ferentz, our head football coach, um, on it was August 26th, the Michigan State press conference on Tuesday. He was basically pelted with a bunch of questions about this whole issue. This is what Ferentz had to say. You know, my opinion, I think, that, you know, enough's already been said about all this, quite frankly. It's just, uh, you know, it's kind of two levels. I think, uh, and I read this this morning, that sports and politics are intertwined. But I see the world a lot differently, I guess. I think that's the, the beauty of sports, quite frankly. And you go back to Saturday night, uh, a bunch of fans had a chance to come to Kennedy Stadium. And, and life's always full of challenges and things that maybe you don't agree with or what have you. It's a chance just to kind of be unified. And, Whichever team you're cheering for, you know, hopefully you're into the game. I think as athletes and coaches, that's, that to me is the beauty of it. Uh, you talk to people, former players, just about every one of them will mention, you know, what they miss is just that camaraderie, the uh, singleness of uh, purpose, uh, you know, that type of thing. And it's a really unique time in, uh, in, in someone's life, you know, if you're a, a, an athlete. So to me, that's the beauty of it all. And, and my preference is that we keep politics uh, to, to our individual time. That's just how I look at it. This is the one time where we put everything aside. We all dress alike, we act alike, and we're all, you know, trying to do the same thing. And then, you know, whatever they do on campus, I think it's great as long as it's not illegal or immoral. I'm all for it. So there you have it. Kirk Ferentz believes football and politics are separate, and any political activism should be done on players' own time. What do you guys have to say about that? Um, we should be asking Kirk Ferentz what he does on his own time, because if it's not politics, it's clearly not football either, because I don't know what he's been doing the past... Damn. Years. <laughs> Shots fired. Damn. It's S H A F I N. Yeah. Okay. You can watch uh, those kids. <laughs> while you're at it. Uh, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, uh, unlike the NFL, the University of Iowa is a public institution. Uh, people who are employed by that public institution are, by definition, employees of the state, state government. They are the government. The, go- the First Amendment exists to protect regular citizens, and that includes football players on scholarship at the university, from government censorship. And if the coach or anybody else, any any university employee were to say, you can't do this, I don't want you to do this, that would be a violation of those people's First Amendment rights. And I don't think Coach Ferentz is doing that. And I have a lot of sympathy for his desire to want to control his team and to keep them together because in football you've got 11 people on the field at any one time who have to be on the same page. And so, again, I think it comes back to my original point of if the anthem itself is such a distraction because it's so politicized and all people really want to do at a football game is cheer on the university and root for the Hawkeyes, then let's replace the anthem at Hawkeye games with the alma mater. Um, it's people can be just as reverent and everybody's on the same page except for people from Penn State but I don't know what they're thinking 
That's a very good point about the First Amendment and all that stuff. So you think that's a big reason why these protests haven't carried over into the college game? There's basically nothing in college football players' teams about the protests. You kind of talked about it off-air. Michael Rose-Ivy, the Nebraska linebacker, kneeled in 2016. I found a quote, and Mike Riley, the coach, basically said that that's the beauty of America. People can do what they want. But he says that, and still we haven't seen anything in the college game. Yeah, Mike's a nice guy. A terrible coach, but a nice guy. <laughs> so do we think that this will happen in college or no? It's just going to be all pro? or Like Jeff showed us earlier, I honestly think that um, that only that uh, singular incident that you just mentioned is the only one I've heard on the college all Same. I disagree with Kirk. I think that players should be able to use their platform. I mean, I feel like they're just babysitting college kids in a situation where they don't need to be babysat. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I'd agree with you, too. I think Kirk basically just said the safe answer. You know, he's obviously a football guy, good guy, children's hospital, all that stuff. But he basically didn't want to get in anything dicey. But at the end of the day, you know, it could get kind of sticky if a player does come out and be like, yo, I want to do this or that. But I yeah. guess time will tell. The the pregame, the pregame stuff at colleges is so choreographed that the university can control how, you know, when teams come on the field, how is it timed with the national anthem and all of that. I think it would be interesting to see what happens at, at various universities um, in the stands even. I mean, will will fans, uh, particularly maybe, um, you know, like a black student union or something like that, would they uh, take a knee? Will it, you know, if there's an African-American cheerleader, would, would she or he take a knee? I, I think that might be a place where we might see it next as opposed to the players. Without further ado, it's time for a rant. It doesn't get me any more angry when a biker whizzes by me on a narrow sidewalk when I'm walking to class, or when I'm driving downtown and pedestrians can't respect or read a stoplight. I get it, campus is a busy place throughout the day, but please use your heads when patrolling the street of Iowa City. First, let's talk about bikers. Bikers dominate the roads and sidewalks. They can be on the street cruising by, but once the light turns red, oh, there they are, they're on the sidewalk. Are they a car or a pedestrian? Who the hell knows? On a lighter side, all I can do is laugh when I see bikers trying to get up the hill in the lowest gear. Now that's straight comedy, but that doesn't make up for the bikers that think they're Lance Armstrong trying to win the Tour de France. Next, let's talk about the lollygagging pedestrians who don't even look before crossing the street. Like, are they trying to die? I guess they were never taught to look both ways. They might have the green walk light, but that's not going to save you if a car is in a hurry. It's your risk to cross the street out of turn, and I'd say the odds are not in your favor. Look, all I'm trying to say is that with a little more brain power, people can enjoy downtown Iowa City a lot more. And if you're listening, low-key, I know you have experienced these same issues. If you're a pedestrian, just pay a little bit more attention. If you see the walk light only has five seconds left, just chill out or maybe cross the street the other way. Don't make others driving to work pay for you waking up late or hungover, which then causes you to frantically walk to class. I feel like I'm a respectful pedestrian and it's not that hard. Please don't be that person that causes a car to wait two full lights to turn left onto Burlington Street. If we lived in a perfect world, Anybody that went to Iowa would have access to a moped. That would turn a 20-minute walk into a 5-minute ride. <laughs> if only money grew on trees. But once the temperature drops and snow starts to fall, driving a moped isn't so fun anymore. What Iowa City really needs is underground tunnels. Now there's a song. Well, that's a wrap, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks and have a great day.